1: Welcome to the Fabulously Keto Podcast. This is episode 91. And yes, dear listeners, I'm back today with Jackie. And it's lovely to be back, Jackie, for episode 91 with another Australian guest.
0: I know we haven't seen you for a long time. It's good to have you back.
1: It's it's lovely to be back. And it was lovely to record with our guest today, who is Megan Ellen. And both Jackie and I own thermo mixers. So these are one of these all in one contraptions that um, thermal cookers that replace a number of your kitchen um, item utensils, of which um, Megan is a recipe developer. author of cookbooks and photographer and it was really lovely to have <laughs> at the time of the recording to be with another Aussie on the call with um with Jackie yeah
0: and the timings work out better when it's Aussie versus Brit <laughs>
1: so and having Two having another Aussie in the corner yeah, yeah. we ganged up and <laughs> made it made it more sociable hours for for us so Jackie and I as I said we both have a thermomix and the all-in-one thermal cooker is just absolutely amazing, and uh, I found Megan's recipes as you do when you start sort of joining the cookbook groups and joining the um, the other Facebook groups, particularly in the communities of sharing recipes. And I really got to know a bit more, as you do in the in the groups. You get to know a little bit more of their stories, and I was really, you know, keen to to get Megan on, and I emailed her. Never a heard in a couple of years back. ago.
0: That was a few years yep. ago.
1: Yeah, um, didn't take it personally, Megan. It was fine until she replied to Jackie's email. <laughs> so, um, and when she um, Jackie sort of invited her to come on, so it was really lovely. So. Being a recipe developer and I love cooking, it was absolutely wonderful when I had obviously more time before taking up um, my promotion and cooking loads in Thailand as I did and just having that comfort food and you know, the Australian recipes as, as I was that I could connect, obviously, with a little bit of home in my thermomix cooking. So mm. it was really lovely. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Megan? And I
0: just want to say before you do that even though it's in the UK, I don't know why we say Megan and you say Megan. You put another E in there. Megan. But anyway. Megan. Just, um, I'm, Megan. Getting, I'm getting used to it, Megan.
1: <laughs> a little bit more about Megan Alum is a, as I mentioned, Australian-based author, photographer and recipe developer behind Mad Creations. She is a self-confessed foodie where her passion lies in creating amazingly delicious low-carb and easy keto recipes. Yes, we can attest to that. Her approach to recipes is through a love of fresh, tasty, definitely easy-to-prepare meals that the whole family will love. Certainly from a young age, Megan cooked for her family, which led her to a professional cooking career in several award-winning restaurants. She lives in Newcastle with her partner in business and in life, Dave and their fur baby, Stormbringer. Her love for cooking led her to create the hugely popular keto blog, Mad Creations Hub, where she shares her colourful, healthy keto and low-carb recipes which really do inspire others to enjoy real food prepared simply. She discovered the keto lifestyle in early 2017 when she was diagnosed with insulin resistance and she's lost 30 kilos or 66 pounds by changing to a low-carb lifestyle. Not only recording all her favorite creations on her website, she has published more than 40 cookbooks, and they're in hardback as well as ebooks with over 2,500 keto recipes between those cookbooks. Uh-huh. You will find her cookbooks Keto Mojo, Slow Cook Keto, The Healthy Family Keto Cookbook, Everyday Keto, Keto Loco, and others because they are so beautifully photographed by her, showcasing those recipes that are simple, fresh, delicious, family friendly, as we said. Her most recent book, Keto Loco, was announced a winner at the Gourmand World Cookbook Awards. You'll find also for the Aussies particularly that she has some clean keto baking pantry mixes, which are wraps, pancakes, porridge, pizza bases, shortbread, and more. So you'll find that in the show notes, the links there. And they do ship to Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and Korea. I'm sorry, folks in the u s in the u k you've got plenty of other other choices, but anyway,
0: one thing we forgot to say, Louise is that the zoom recording when we recorded this um there was a the internet was slightly unstable, and so there's a few seconds a few times where we lose Megan Megan's voice, so um We're sorry about that. We hope it doesn't spoil your enjoyment of the podcast and the value you get from it.
1: So let's hear from Megan. Welcome, Megan, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me. Well, Megan, we usually start by asking our guests, where in the world are you?
2: I am in Newcastle, Australia, and it's very cold and blustery and rainy today.
1: <laughs> yes, at the time of this recording listeners um you know that sort of East Coast Australia has been inundated with rain um flooding uh adverse or severe weather events. I think that's what our our met is calling calling you know the downpour of rain so you're you're entering into your autumn now, aren't you?
2: Yes, it's in full swing. Um, <laughs> It changed very quickly, but yeah, when that rain came in, it certainly cooled down quite a bit.
1: (laughs) You haven't sort of been flooded at all. No,
2: we were flooded many years ago, and we moved to an area that's a lot higher, and you know, than we were, so that we would not be in that case. Um, So hopefully, fingers crossed, that never does happen to us again.
1: It's really exciting because both Jackie and I have been, we're very avid, avid um, well, thermomix. We'll get on to what is a thermomix. Um, you know, we've both got thermomix appliances. But we really want to hear about your story. So, how did your journey into to low-carb keto um happen? And we'll hear more about your food journey.
2: Okay. Um, well, It was in early 2017 I had an injury from um, working with a personal trainer, as you do when you're very overweight and trying to lose weight, and I I had a sports doctor and he's like, how did you do this yourself? Because I had Achilles tendonitis, bursitis, and a heel spur, and um, I said, like, you know, it's just been trying to lose weight no matter what I try, nothing was working. And he said, maybe you have insulin resistance and should get a test. And when I looked up more about it when I came home before I even went to my GP, I thought that's probably the problem uh, with a family of diabetics. And and in in my family history, I thought I would just change the next day. (laughs) And I did. And after years of not being able to lose weight, I lost three and a half kilos in the first week and um, what was that fantastic <laughs> yeah it was like you know we we try so hard i mean i was 45 at the time and some of us try so hard to lose weight and no matter what i was trying you know small meals more often superfoods or you know all the things that we grew up knowing and and hearing um just weren't working for me so when i changed to you know a higher fat diet and eating bacon and eggs and avocado and even mayo, which I wasn't really a fan of, still not so much. <laughs> um, you know, just eating all, all the full fat dairy and stuff like that. It, it really changed. So within five months, I lost 30 kilos. So I would say it definitely worked for me. Um, one thing I should add is that I was actually, um, uh, postmenopausal. I had endometriosis from 17 and went through menopause roughly around about the age of between 30 and 35. So. You know, I was in that hard bracket to lose weight. And, um, yeah, it's, to see that change really solidified in me that this is the way to eat and how to, you know, that it's, it's not just, you know, some baloney that people are telling you <laughs> how to lose weight. It actually worked. And I learned to listen to my body and just eat when I was hungry. And yeah. And from there, as soon as I started into it, I knew. Um, that I had to get the message out to more people that were just like me. I was, you know, blogging before, so I started to write recipes and that immediately and share them with anyone that would listen. <laughs> and, you know, five years later, yeah, here I am still doing it, never going to change no matter whether, you know, it's a buzzword or not.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah Low-carb definitely works for me. I think that's it. You, you feel it in your body that you know that this is going to work, that, that this is working, it has worked, and it, you're maintaining. You, you know, you're not going back to where you were before, which if you've dieted before, you've probably lost a bit of weight and then put it back on again and back up and down and up and down, and this is much more consistent and stable, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people would have experienced that with no matter what diet they went on, and I think that whole philosophy is that it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle sort of worked as well but it's like you said it's just a feeling like where they say the brain fog lifting and how you start to think sharper and and better like I just found like I was just like fueled like just it was like a switch just turned on and you know I was just like go 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 and I'm still go go going <laughs> <laughs> and loving it yeah
1: So give us a list of what you were feeling before versus what were you feeling? I mean, you you sort of said just now I I felt fueled and switched on. But give us a list of, you know, apart from being overweight, how were you feeling versus you made the change. So there was some weight loss, but how were you feeling after?
2: Well, I would say pre going low-carb keto, I was always down. Um, and lethargic and no energy. And I was, you know, 110 kilos. Um, and you know, that was, I was in a sales role, constantly traveling and stuff. So, you know, it was very laboring, I guess you would say. And you just, yeah, you just felt no matter what you tried to do, especially like at the point of being at a sports doctor for an injury, <laughs> um, that everything just wasn't working. Isn't this working for me? So, when I changed, um, where some people say you get a you little know, kid of flu, and that, I, I probably had a headache because I used to have a lot of migraines and things like that before. I probably had a headache for the first couple of days. And then after that, it was it was just like clouds lifted. I just felt so much more energetic. And, uh, you know, it was just like my brain was like running at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> um, you know, and I just wanted to yell it everywhere I went. Um, it was almost like your obsession. And it's funny because I, I was a blogger before I was keto and after, um, my food obsession before was different. It was like, it was like I wasn't obsessed with food anymore. I was obsessed with writing about it, <laughs> but not about eating it. So it was amazing. Like, you know, somebody who I mean, I used to professionally cook in that as well too. You know, you were always cooking, always thinking about different dishes and stuff like that, but you'd also be trying them and, and, and fueled more by what You know, you feel like eating, but then it was more like, um, I was just obsessed in creating low carb recipes and, and just living rather than eating. So, you know, you'd be making all these recipes and I didn't need to eat them in the same day. So that was like something a bit different too, you know, like, um, I never ate three meals, but previously, but, you know, I was finding where I could be powered for, you know, a day if not sometimes go fast for longer than 24 hours without even needing or f- thinking about actually eating myself because I was already fueled by the foods that I was feeding my body. My body was feeding me with the fuel from changing that carbs. I think the carbs just messes with your head a little bit. I, I don't know, <laughs> medically speaking, but I think that's kind of that whole brain fog thing. It's like, you know, you can't focus on things that are more important.
1: So, with your blogging um, in the pre the pre low carb keto days, what, what was your food style, or did you have a particular food genre that you that you were, yeah, were was writing?
2: Very high carb, um, mostly breads. <laughs> so it was very bread, Mexican soul food, all that kind of thing, Southern American barbecues. So you know, it was very. Sugary carby in, not in sweets, but more in that bread bakery. Like every weekend, I would be making masa tortillas and, you know, um, Mexican foods with lots of corn and beans and tomatoes, you know, and onions. So it's like you, you just throw all that on. And it's like the rest of it was okay. Um, you know, cause I, I grew up like, you know, loving things like tomato, onion, corn. Um, but yeah, then I kind changed just everything changed you know I still love Mexican but going from eating it nearly every single weekend you know like months could go by now and I don't have it at all and I have no desire to go back either so oh. it's not okay. I miss no. it. that's the weirdest thing
1: um and and for the listeners at home it's really interesting obviously there's been uh, in in the Australian political landscape it's really quite notable you would have noticed in the announcements with our, our budget that there was obviously a focus for endometriosis that there's actually been a, a federal government commitment to supporting endometriosis care so i suppose for for someone who had a quite a significant um experience of that i suppose that's a that's a good thing for for raising awareness of that condition
2: oh absolutely when i was diagnosed uh, i went to a whole series of different doctors um i was 17 i'd just done my high school certificate and they were telling me it was stress and you know i just met my partner who i'm still with today you know 35 years later um And I was happy as, but it was like I was in severe pain. Um, I was one of those women who got my period very early, like before I was even eight years old. So by the time I was 17, yeah, as they say, it's the working women's disease. My body was, you know, 10 years, nine, 10 years ready to have children. So that had come early. No one even indicated that would be a problem until I finally got um, sent to a gynecologist and he said, you have got endometriosis and we need to operate as soon as possible. And I was in hospital within, I think, a week. I can't remember. I was like 18 for my first surgery. So, you know, going from people not even knowing what it was (laughs) to seeing now that the government is doing things and raising awareness and, you know, and oddly enough, my two sisters yeah, you know, my brothers both had endometriosis, both had hysterectomies. Um, you know, it's even my immediate family. So, yeah. You know, so it's not
1: uncommon. Yeah. Sure. So, just for the listeners, just to be, um, what's the lay person's perhaps, um, you know, way of explaining endometriosis? So, it's a. So
2: basically, from what I understand, it's where the lining of the uterus starts to grow on the outside of the uterus. Mm. Um, in my case, I do know I had it also grown up my, I uh, think from memory, It could be wrong, but I was told that it was growing up my spine and that as well too. So I had, um, a huge amount of lesions on the outside. Um, they can bleed when a woman menstruates or even when you're not. So it causes a significant amount of pain. So like I couldn't even drop my shoelaces without being in extreme pain. And I was one of those kids that I was never sick, never had problems, never complained about anything, didn't even have a broken bone. So, you know, it was odd and I wasn't somebody that was just looking for sympathy anything. <laughs> I just wanted it to stop. Um, and then, you know, having surgery and going on um, steroids and things like that too, which obviously can have side effects and stuff, I didn't have any issues. But, you know, it's it's still around and it's certainly affecting a lot of women globally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was going to say we know that. Lowering your carbs can help, but still it's not given as advice to most young women.
2: No, well, it seems lowering your carbs is not given as advice to many people for anything yeah, very <laughs> um, true, um, which it really does change a lot of things for treatment for you know endometriosis, cancers, whatever,
0: yeah.
1: So it must have been come as a surprise. I mean, how enlightened was the sports doctor to go? Well, you need to do this. You know, particularly for those inflammatory conditions. I mean, you sort of mentioned mm. about your um, your foot injury, the heel spurs, tendonitis. You know, way to go finding accidentally. You know, it was a happy accident that you that you started on this journey. Um, and now, you know, really where you are positioned within the low-carb keto community, you're creating, you're still blogging. Why don't you tell us a bit more about your, your I suppose, you've that light bulb moment and moving forward and wanting to, to tell people and shout it out to the world.
2: Well, as I said, I was blogging before and all the kind of foods that I really couldn't continue to do because, you know, you're not going to, I'm not one of those people, when anyone meets me, they say I'm a real person. I'm not faking anyway, so I couldn't continue to be making Mexican or making bagels every weekend and photographing them and putting them onto a website when I wasn't going to eat them at all. Um, So, yeah, I shifted and I knew I had to start a whole new website. At the same time, Australia was coming out with the CSIRO, recommending a low-carb diet, and I really – I just knew that if I hit the ground running that – I could build a great business at, at the same time, improve my health and, you know, shout the benefits without shouting the medical benefits because I'm not qualified, Do you know what I mean? Like my thing is, we were talking earlier, food is medicine. For me, it really was. It really changed my lifestyle um, that I could see as someone who doesn't believe in any magic pills um, that it really was <laughs> in a way. So I started my Creations in the March of 2017. Um, I started filling a website, with recipes that I was making at the time. Uh, and within, uh, well, we started in the March. I think the website went live in the April. Um, I published my first cookbook, which I actually did two. So actually, um, I had a team of, I put a team of testers. Um, from my followers together, and we tested all these recipes, and they said, "Oh, you know you can't do a big book, you know nobody knows who you are, blah, 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 so I did two side by side, so I launched them together, basically at the same price as a big book anyway, for <laughs> two smaller books, and launched my first book, Cookbooks, in August two thousand and seventeen so then we just went through from there, uh, creating more and more recipes for the website, more recipes for ebooks and cookbooks and And here we are five years later with 500 recipes on the website. Uh, Between all the ebooks and cookbooks, we're roughly around about 1500 plus recipes all in low carb. Um, Yeah, I would say in five years time, I'm probably one of the most prolific writers there are for recipes and developing new recipes, which I try and be more original and authentic. Um, With my mantra being that the food must taste good first. It's not about making faux foods or replicating something that somebody else has already made. There are so many great meals out there that are already naturally low-carb or they only just need a little bit of a change in some of the ingredients to actually even make, in some cases, some of them better (laughs) than uh, foods that you would normally eat um, to a lower-carb way that anyone will love regardless of their dietary lifestyle. And that's what's really important to me.
1: So, being a creator, where do where do you get your inspirations from? Because obviously, you know, you you are continuously. You've just launched your your latest um, cookbook on soups. So I noticed. um, I think it's sitting in my cart at the moment. Um, (laughs) uh, And you know, you you are you you're prolific. You're always coming out with new recipes. I can't keep up. I don't think anyone can.
2: But to be fair, I. Apparently my mother said that I wanted to cook in the kitchen before I could even reach the kitchen bench. So I did start cooking from a very, very young age. I was cooking for my family when I was still in single digits. I went straight out of high school into a commercial kitchen and cooked for 13 years in uh, restaurants and hotels and cafes and things. And then I went out of that, but I was always cooking and creating and sharing it to friends or then when social media became a thing, sharing it on there. and It was just sort of like a natural progression of where I am. So I am borrowing from recipes that I've created over decades. So, but I'm just, like I said, i food obsessed, food obsessed in the way of like constantly thinking of how I could twist something, change something. And I might even be a visual that I'll get in my head and it's like, oh my God, I've got to make something that's going to look like that you know, or keto, licorice, all sorts. I can do that, you know. (laughs) You look on Google, I don't think there's anyone that's ever created a recipe for licorice, all sorts, other than myself. You know, so that's why I said it's not like seeing something that somebody else does. It's like I might see a picture by a vegan blogger on Instagram and it might be mushrooms in zucchini and I'm like, oh. I could do something like that that's, you know, really meaty and hearty and, and low carb because as we know, a lot of the vegan diet is quite high carb. <laughs> but yeah, I find influence in a lot of different things and I just find it so easy to flow with. And, you know, you can still think of things that you might want to have. Like right now, it is great soup weather. Um, so soups was quite an easy thing to come up with. And, you know, people, I, I actually have learned to listen over the years to, uh, Things that people that follow a low carb or keto diet are looking for that, you know, they find that there's that hole. So at the moment, we're looking at things that, you know, that are budget because with the rising costs of everything, we're trying to bring those costs down for everyone. Um, one of my testers is a young mother with three children under the age of six. So um, low sugar kids is something that, you know, we can work on. I might have children myself, but. I was once a kid (laughs) and I can, I can, I, I ask those questions. I poll our followers and, and I listen to what they want rather than constantly producing what I want. Mm. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: So we're going to lay down the challenge. We need to make a crock and bush. So a low-carb brush, right? Oh, so we've got to
2: make shoe pastry, okay.
1: Right. So, and then the second challenge, this is a shout-out to one of my school friends, Michelle, um, who actually was the person that got me into, into getting the Thermomix. So this is a shout-out to Michelle, and um, who has recently been diagnosed with um, celiac disease. So I think that there is obviously, as you were saying, you know, there's trends, there's food trends. But, you know, there's a changing landscape, as you mentioned, about, um, you know, the rise of, you know, people that are celiac. And and Michelle is having a significant issues with being low-carb and celiac, so needing to have gluten, gluten-free gluten products, which are low in sugar. Mm-hmm. Whole world of pain there. But, you know, you're mentioning about vegan. So, you know, you're having to sort of continuously, you're a bit like um, Kylie Minogue and or Madonna, having to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. So and continually keeping abreast and um, keeping you know watching out on the landscape you know is that part of the part of the challenge or does that excite you?
2: That is absolutely what I love to do. Wherever you say keto vegan, well you know, keto vegan vegan, you know like <laughs> these are all I'm looking at you know that I can do plant based where you could even choose your protein. I can do vegan which is low-carb without using all those cashew nuts and the the beans and things like that or chickpeas and, you know, creating rice paper rolls out of, you know, ikamara or um, uh, what do you call them, like the daikons and stuff like that, mashed and dehydrated and stuff like that, lots of different things that you can do that are still hitting on that celiac-friendly, um, you know, vegan, clean ingredients and stuff. We do have some keto products that are on the market that we've uh, co-branded with another brand, Keto Eats Australia, that we have put in those things like, where well, you're saying it's hitting those other niches that are nut-free um as well, you know, or, or vegan or dairy-free. So we're trying to put more recipes into all of those different buckets that's still for, you know, hit the low-carb, keto niche and my needs but also just making it for those as well, but also making them ones that are great tasting because, like I said, there is just far too many recipes or far too many products on the market that, in my opinion, I would rather eat sawdust than them. <laughs> um, just hitting macros doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's got to taste great,
1: this was the thing about a lot of the um where michelle was was just obviously just being found out about about being celiac and um you know that that was the the challenge was finding low carb products and then it was just like right, then does that mean she has to really then go back to you know first principles and having to um and having to cook you know which is not an issue you know for Michelle, she's very capable in the kitchen, but you know. Being a busy, a busy professional person, you know, you would remember that. You know, sometimes you just want to be able to get something out of the cupboard, off the shelf, and yes. um, you know, going that. But obviously, with particularly with gluten being gluten free, there was lots of tapiocas, arrowroots, those sorts of other starchy things, and it was like eating cardboard. It was just like, mm-hmm. it's just terrible.
2: Well, I do shake my head like what's available in the supermarket um breads and say wraps is a big one which right now in Australia there's branded ones coming out that are saying they're keto yet they're wheat-based. Now, we actually have wraps in a pre-mix that you added or water to Um but we've even got one that's vegan. right? So I've got a no-nut vegan dairy-free wrap mix that could also be made into a wrap and be sold in a packet if I. Got to manufacture it to manufacture it the thing is is if you make them and you try them they taste better than anything that is on the market anyway so they fit that celiac they fit the nut free they fit the vegan they fit the low carb they fit the keto nobody else has put it into a packet anyway you know and put it through supermarkets it's it's silly that there's so many of these needs yet some people are only looking at one part where i'd like try and look at the whole and yeah, they took a bit of experimenting because it was like, okay, I can do a low carb wrap. That was easy. But then it's like, oh, let's do that nut free. So we were testing sesame flowers, you know, not usual coconut flour, but like sesame flowers, sunflower seeds, you know, all these different flowers to try and get a consistency that tastes amazing, that isn't like eating cardboard.
0: So are they available on your website?
2: Yeah, uh, we don't sell them directly. They're through a uh, manufacturer and, that, and there is lots of stockers across Australia. There is a few in different countries as well. We are in a few different countries. Uh, but they are a pre-mix, but it's just where you just add a couple of basic ingredients. But they are all of those things if you're looking for that. Um, there is ones with nuts, but there is ones that are nut-free, paleo, vegan, keto, celiac-friendly, diabetic-friendly, egg
1: free. this is really wow. exciting now that I'm I'm back living in in Australia that I can actually I actually had this it's almost like a reverse culture shock after the 2 years I was living in in Bangkok, Thailand and then coming back and in that 2 year space as you said there's all these low carb wraps, there's all these premixes, there's all these things in Woolies and Coles, that's our two two supermarkets for the for the listeners at home. Mm. Um, And it was just like my mind was just absolutely blown and overwhelmed. I was in, I was almost, I was too overwhelmed by too much choice. Whereas the two years previous, I was doing so much cooking because with living in Thailand, I was in, um, you know, rice and noodles, you know, there was just, but, you know, still some good protein choices, but um, yeah, I was doing, doing a lot of cooking. So, but now you know I was I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed for choice. But um, but I get excited when you sort of remind me about your um, the launch of that. So we've had a couple of food producers on on the podcast before, and it's really important that they needed to supervise the production, as you said, the production of these products, mm. and they needed to be ethical in in the decision making of their sourcing. So just talk us through. The, the, the decisions that you went through, as you said, for, for these products?
2: Well, as I said, I teamed up with Keto Eats, which they were a the company, they were uh, selling all different branded products previously when we first started, but they wanted to maintain their integrity of being truly keto without having those, you know, there's so many uh, products on the market now. That could keep you in ketosis, but let's face it, they, you know, have 50 ingredients, lots of numbers and, you know, a lot of things that you've never heard of. So they didn't want to stop that sort of stuff. So the recipes that I was putting together at first were going to be clean anyway, but then I was like, okay, like I said, let's push this further. Let's do keto, paleo, dairy free, nut free, vegan. Cause I still think there'll be the rise of keto vegans because a lot of them will have problems I'm seeing in the future anyway, uh, possibly from a lot of carbs, so whether it's it's not weight issues, but could it, could it could be other uh, adverse health issues. So, they, you know, I still see that there will be a rise in that. So it was just more about putting together things that were still with as real ingredients as we can, simple ingredients, not a lot of ingredients, but still, like I said, getting foods that you could serve to anyone And they would be happy with them. That's the difference because, I say, we can all say that there's probably a product that we've tried that hits the keto low-carb niche, that if you gave it to your kids or you gave it to your non-keto partner, they'd be like, how can you eat that? Rubbish. (laughs) So our products are products that I wholeheartedly will put my name on and that's the only thing that I put out there. And as somebody who has, you know, Always been a foodie, um, who had a career in food previously, you know, and, uh, was often award win, winning restaurants or cafes that we were, that I worked in. I wanted to maintain that integrity across everything. And it was really good to partner with somebody who was also in that same mindset, uh, that we didn't want to go there. I do have only a couple of ingredients. I'm, uh, I use in a couple of the recipes on my website that do contain gluten. Uh, the way you were talking about celiac, I have, you know, had a couple of people in my life that are very close to me who are celiac too. And it's where you actually learn to start to look at the ingredients that are in products that you don't think contain gluten. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, I just ruined that because I put that chocolate on it that actually could contain gluten. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. It is, but yeah, that's where I came from. It's just that I just wanted to make sure that our products were clean and, and not those ones that people would be saying, oh, you know, yeah, my Creations products have got, you know, 965 and, you know, Bambi Fiber <laughs> or all these ingredients that, you know, people can't buy from the supermarket and don't know what they are. And, you know, they have to look them up on, you know, what this additive is. <laughs>
1: so, um, Megan's, uh, you were mentioning about one of your recipes. One of my most loved recipes while I was living living in Bangkok was obviously the bread recipe. That it does have vital weak gluten in it, but that's okay. Yeah. So we were making that. Well, um, my partner and I we make that every week. So we make a loaf and we made um, bread rolls, and they were in the freezer. So thank you so much for that bread recipe. It was an absolute godsend, yeah. and you know, in having some bread because, you know, as as we were, I mean, not to say that Thai food, you know, we just wanted a Vegemite, a piece of toast with Vegemite on it, you know, just a little bit of flavour of home. I can understand that when you're away. <laughs> but the other thing was because obviously, you know, the other recipe with the flax and um, the apple cider vinegar that I don't know, whatever it was I was making it and it just became like little hard, you know, throw rock like um buns but this this particular recipe we, we'll put it on the on our show notes um was absolutely fluffy and light and toasts well and you know we made made the buns but you know it was really something that again was free so how do you make money when you give so much away
2: <laughs> well as where people um When you go to the website, all bloggers, when you even click on that jump to recipe and go down to the recipe card, now for anyone actually listening, it goes onto my website. The notes that are above where the recipe is, they're just further details on how to actually make the recipes and answers to your questions. They're not all about how I grew up and what I did last week and, you know, what color shirt I'm wearing while I'm writing it, okay? So they're all where all the details are just a little bit more elaborated okay and possibly some pictures to show you what steps will look like Uh, so when you even flip down to that recipe card all the bloggers that you see the ads on they earn a cent or two every time you go on there okay so it adds up when you're getting you know millions of views a year or whatever some people get millions of views a day (laughs) That's not me, but I wish. <laughs> um, so yeah, they earn a small amount of money off that. But of course, when you go on, if you're trying our recipes, you're getting that trust from people that they know that what you make works, that what you're about is authentic and real and delicious. So then they will invest in a cookbook or an ebook or, or our 365 program or something like that. So, it's, I guess it's kind of like when you used to go to the supermarket and you'd get a free, you know, bit of deli meat or something like <laughs> that to try and, and you'd like it and you'd buy it. Uh, I don't think they do things like that at supermarkets anymore. The free toothpaste in the mail, but it's kind of an extension of that. So there's not many people that are in the same industry as me that actually do both. That they're, well, that do three things that are, are a blogger. They also sell cookbooks and are an e commerce site and also. Um, create products for a you know, retail line as in the foods as well. So I'm, I'm not unique, but I'm part of a very small group of people globally that would do all of those, um, collectively on one site. So yeah, it's, uh, that's just how we get a little bit back for what we do. So it's where if somebody goes and copies and pastes that recipe or. Shares it with somebody else another way, then you're actually taking that money away from those people who have spent a week, a month, or whatever to create that recipe, the cost of the ingredients, the photography, you know, all your bills, etc. Because this is how we make money: <laughs> is by you just going onto the site and using a recipe for free.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So um, Thermomix is quite big in Australia, which it isn't in the That's- UK. I think it is still in America as well. Um, Have you been using Thermomix for a long time, as in when you were in commercial kitchens, were you you using Thermomix then?
2: Um, When I was in commercial kitchens, no. I didn't even know what they were. My partner had bought me one when uh, they bought out a model, which is called a TM5, roughly around about seven years ago. He surprised me for Christmas, but it didn't come till my birthday, which is in February, because it was like new. So it was pre order. And I didn't even know what it was, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but as soon as I got it, I got a demo. I'm like, oh my God, like I could use this in so many ways. And it was before I was keto. So, but when I went keto, got, you can make your own almond flour and stuff like that in it. So, you know, even for the gluten bread that Louis was saying, we can mill our own flax seeds, everything for the bread you can make in it. So, it's basically a mixer, a cook, a steamer, you know, a chopper. It's a bit of everything. Uh, the majority of people will use guided cooking on it, which is where the recipes are set onto the machine and they can just follow all the steps. Um, I don't use that. <laughs> so, I like myself in the expert mode and, uh, take control of, of the machine myself and so of course to my followers because they don't have all the recipes pre- programmed in there but it's uh more exacting so whether you're a beginner cook or an experienced cook it's such a great machine to use because i mean it's no different like if you're going to mix a pasta dough and a food processor then you would use one in the Thermomix. So, as you said, yeah, popular in Australia. I know they've sold over half a million of them in Australia, which, you know, we have a much smaller population than most other countries globally. So there's a lot of Aussies that actually have one. Um, but, yeah, I find it's a very useful appliance in the kitchen for sure. And, I, well, I have a couple of them now from what I do. If, you know, if they died tomorrow, I'd certainly buy another one to replace it. So Yeah. <laughs> good
0: good advice to have I I struggle Um, with with finding low carb recipes to to do that you know I'm not really into baking as such so having mm -hmm. sweet things but main meals I just tend to revert to buttered chicken or something like that but it's there's not very much on there as in the guided thermomix recipes that are that are Mm -hmm. low carb
2: no, there's not. So you just need to go to the Creations website, and you can get all you need there. <laughs> okay. So let's
0: say I nice. go segue. <laughs> let's okay. say I go to your website, yep. and I want a Thermomix recipe that's a main course. What do I need to type in to find something?
2: If you were going to make something
0: with chicken, you can just type in
2: chicken, or you can use these categories in there. There is Thermomix itself, but that will take you through everything that's Thermomix, but. You can go thermix chicken and, like, put in the two categories because there's, like, little chip boxes, and it'll bring it down to every recipe in there because we pretty much do a conventional method and a thermal method for every um, recipe that we do. And in our cookbooks, every single recipe has dual methods, so at least a thermal method and a conventional method, and we're starting to add air fryers now because that seems to be something that people are... Still going. I thought it would be a, like in the pan, but years later, they're
1: they're just getting bigger. I think
0: so. I keep thinking oh, about that.
1: No, see, I I'm, I'm not a. Well, it just hasn't worked for me. And pork belly. So pork belly. I see. I see the pictures in the food. You know, in the Facebook groups, everybody seems to be able to do that so well, but mine just ends up all chewy and gooey and it's just it's just disgusting. But anyway, I've given up. And after living in Bangkok and I can just walk down the street to the crispy pork man and just buy it. So that's fine. But yeah, well I did do that. I did find out the Asian way of doing it where you have to parboil it and then you can sort of you know put your vinegar and salt. You leave it overnight to dry out. Um, I have done it both in the oven and in the um, in the deep fryer so um, but the only problem is with with the street food is obviously the thing that really made it awkward for me was the seed oils so it was just the seed oils mm. everything was cooked in seed oils so that sort of triggered my chronic pain condition so mm. anyway but the thing that I, I really love about your um, your recipes of which I do have, Um, Obviously, I was living overseas, so I didn't want to do shipping, so I got all the um, the e-book versions. And um, it was really you have the nutrition information. So that in itself, that would obviously, you know, adds a layer to your production value, you know, the the high production value was actually having all that nutritional information there, which not a lot of people out there have. And I really wanted to ask you. I'm so glad you're here today. What does that mean?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a when people don't hidden. They're not really low carb. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, like you said earlier, lots of tapioca. Tapioca is not low in carbs, is it? But you know, a lot of so-called keto authors and that are producing, you know. Cookbooks and that with bread recipes and that that are mostly coconut flour and tapioca flour. I'm like, both of those are really high carb. <laughs> you know? So I think a lot of people, you know, it's not that all the recipes are higher, you know, higher carbs than what you should be. Doing. But I think a lot of people just don't really. Look at what it is, and it's where people will say, "Oh, you know, you get unlimited vegetables." Oh, well, sorry, vegetables is what adds the carbs. If you look at any of our higher carb recipes, that might hit 12 grams at the most for a main meal. It'll be something that's a stir fry with you know a lot of vegetable matter, and it's like, well, you know, you cut out your onion, your garlic, and your cauliflower. There's all your carbs gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you know that, that's what adds it because people actually often ask me, about is that really like 10 grams of carbs?" And I'm like, "Yeah," because you know when you're making it at home and you're you're cutting your meat and you're not following a recipe and you're just throwing in beans and broccoli and, and cauliflower and garlic and onion and a little bit of lemon juice and, you know, some cabbage or something like that into a stir fry. Well, you just added a ton of carbs, but you don't realize it because they're still, you know, green or orange listed. If people still go by that, um, vegetables, but when you add it, up, it adds up. And some people say they don't count them. You know, and if you're only eating one meal a day, it really doesn't matter. But, um, you yeah, know, things add up and when you write it down in nutritional, people will see that. So, you know, it was like, again, it was just something I was never afraid to hide anything regardless of, you know, I'm going to start to change that vernacular a little bit from keto to lower carb because, you know, with COVID and that, I think a lot of people have just redirected themselves a little bit because of costs and things like that. They they. Some people think we're there you know that keto means expensive or that it means really restrictive um, where low carb but I'll, you know for me sounds more generalized and easier for people to follow, but my immediate followers and fans that people that are looking for low carb keto recipes will you know that I'm not changing anything in that regard; it's just the vernacular behind it as well mm.
1: You are picking up on the um, perhaps in the community, you know, in the community that, that there is a perception that um, being keto is expensive, that it is restrictive. Um, but both Jackie mine and and your lived experience now of five years, you know, you've you can sort of say how restrictive. Well, you know, whether I eat one meal, two meals, or three meals a day, that's how restrictive it is. It's I don't not necessarily.
2: Yeah, hmm. it's like restrictive. Yes, if you were a vegan, because that is very restrictive. You know, there's more things than just not eating meat. You know, meat products or any products from animals, like honey. You know, um, that's a lot more restrictive. Yet I don't hear people yelling in the streets that you know you can't. Vegan isn't maintainable because it's you know so restrictive. Yet people think that if someone's on a keto or low carb diet, that it that it's not you know it's not something that's sustainable. I'm like, how? Yeah. Why? Just because I don't eat grains, really. I mean, grains and sugar <laughs> is that the only things that you really like? Really flip to the side. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's I don't see it as I a restriction. No. If you're making great food, because you're still eating real food, it's, you know, and
0: it's less packaged stuff, I guess.
1: Yeah. So. Speaking and, of, um, sorry, go
0: on, Jackie. I was just going to say, and much easier. Julian now cooks our dinners mostly in 15 minutes because we don't have potatoes because potatoes mm-hmm. take a long time to cook. Um, he, he generally starts cooking at 6.30 and by 6.45 we're eating. And Ooh. and the clearing up is much easier if you're not clearing up a pan that's got potatoes stuck around it. We had shepherd's pie the other night with potatoes because I haven't been well. and. Yeah, clearing up was loads. (laughs) It's like, no, I don't want to do this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I say I'm actually a lazy cook because it's when people look at, you know, I do spend a lot of time to try and make a a dish look really nice, you know, because I think we eat with our eyes too, right? And people go, oh, you know, like, I don't know if I could cook like that or, you know, I'm not really a fussy cook. I'm like, I'm like the laziest cook. I want to be in and out of the kitchen if I'm going to cook dinner. Like, I want to be out before I'm even in there, if you know what I mean. Like, I might like food, but it doesn't mean I like standing in a kitchen cooking it.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm never one of those tedious cooks that, you know, will
0: make a, a checkerboard
2: cake and, you yeah, know, or croc and bush.
0: So, okay, <laughs> what is this crock and bush? There's obviously something very Aussie. What is it's it?
1: Not, no, it's not it's Aussie. Not it's French. It's French. It's, it's the, um, the little profiteroles, the, the cream puffs, and it's in a tower. And then it has the drizzles of the, um, you know, the shards of the of the. No, oh no, not chocolate. It's the um, the sugar, the sugar mix. So you know the, the hard sugar, the sponge sugar. So the crock on bush on our Master Chef. You've got Master Chef in the UK, right? So that's the you know the cooking show. Um, was obviously um, was one of the dishes, one of the the, the competition dishes, the big ones in, in the final sort of competition. So it's a tower. Okay. Never heard of it. Well, really, Jackie doesn't look at my Facebook because I posted that it was at the fancied lunch that I had with my, my lady friends on the weekend in Adelaide at the, at the Swiss restaurant. Yeah. I saw one. No, you sent me a picture. You You don't come up on my Facebook. Well, I'm not your friend anymore. I'm dead to you. Anyway, <laughs> Megan is my Megan is my friend, and I have to give a shout out to Megan because she actually replied to me. And we'll talk about your little your your community. Um, because when I was in 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 Bangkok, and I think we we're in the midst of you know lockdown, and I learned how to make cheese. So I was using a lot of the the Thermomix to make to make um cheese, ricotta, feta, uh, halloumi. I even made halloumi in the Thermomix and mozzarella, um, all these sorts of things. And I used some of the the fresh cheese to to make your cheesecake. And I sort of posted it and I said, oh, thank you, Megan, you know, fangirling. And you just, you know, I think you wet your pants because it's just like because I said I made the cheese from scratch. And you said, oh, that's so good. So shout out to me. So thank you, Megan, for fangirling. (laughs) So let's talk about your community. So you have this, um, mad and we'll talk about the D in mad, um, in a minute, but, um, tell us how you manage, you know, to build and create your, your Facebook group as well. So,
2: well, Facebook groups aren't as easy to build quickly and get a lot of followers these days as they used to be. <laughs> it's changed a lot. And of course, you know, in this niche that has grown so much over all these years, there's like a million keto pages and low carb pages. Most of them are spam ones (laughs) with inauthentic content, but anyway, um, yeah, I think it was just at when I started, it was very quickly like we in say the first few months we got a few thousand people onto the group, but it was just more about just sharing good food (laughs) Uh, and and still being real. Like it's like funny when people even say to me that when they meet it, I'm oh like, you even look like your profile picture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think that, that's a funny thing, because it's like, really? Like, what well, other people don't know. They don't, apparently. <laughs> um So, yeah, we've always just been real. It's just me and my partner um, as the admins and that behind it, so that, you know, you're getting, it's even more like I like to take my own photography and stuff like that. It's like, you're getting a piece of this. So, you know, it's just all being authentic and we like everyone just to share what they're doing and stuff like that in there and, you know, and commenting on their posts. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, we're just more laid back. I think it's not about talking, you know, there's a lot of groups for health and things like that. Um, we don't touch on that in social media because without your qualifications, you absolutely shouldn't anyway. So we kind of leave that for other people to do with the, you know, Dr Lucy's and things like that of the world um, because they can answer those questions correctly. But for us, yeah, we just try and keep it about you know good food and if anyone's got any questions, they can all talk about, amongst themselves and just, yeah, a real community rather than stamping down your fist all the time and saying it's got to be like this and read the files and, you know, which happens in a lot of groups.
1: Yep, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. get that. You certainly get the the keto police out there. That's not keto. And I really like it when you sort of you're mentioning about your partner Dave because he comes along and he obviously is you know not so much the keto police, but being an admin, he sort of you know redirects the conversation. So, so um, if you feel comfortable in sharing, you know, is, is it does how did Dave you know go on his journey with you? Is he on the oh, journey yeah. with
2: you? Yeah, he was pretty quick to just join in because like he's just eat whatever I serve anyway. And again, still just being real food. It wasn't really much of a difference. He was lean before, but he did lose, I think it was between 10 and 15 kilos, but then he probably put on about 10 of that back in muscle. So, um, you know, we're in our fifties now and he's never been fitter. So. He's lean. He's got a lot of more muscle on him than he's ever had in his life. So health wise, that <laughs> way. And, um, yeah, just as the business, because the business took off very quickly, um, with the release our two cookbooks, I was working, I quit my job and worked from home like within a week <laughs> wow. of our launch. And, uh, then, yeah six months later he left his job in surveying and that to come and help because it was just very hard to manage, like you say, a growing community. That's a full time job in itself. Um and then you've got, you know, cookbooks and shipping and all those sort of things on top of it. And you know, social shares and yeah, there's just a lot of things that people don't see is this constant massive wheel of <laughs> things you've got to do all the time. Like even just putting a recipe on a website, you know, people don't, you know, don't realize it doesn't just take, you know, five minutes, an hour, a day. It actually takes longer than that. <laughs> it can take you a month really to put the whole lot together to put it all on there and optimize it for SEO and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, uh, we work together as a team. We always have. So it's really great to have somebody who can take over those parts and do so much for you. And like you said, navigate conversations help people with things you know do little tutorials on his phone or whatever like how to find things rather than just tell people the answer over and over and over and over try and teach them actually how to find things uh, on the website or on the group or so yeah it's 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 a godsend and it's you know we're certainly a team
0: (laughs) yeah that's lovely yeah Yeah, and it's good that that the business supports both of you. Yeah,
2: yeah. We're very lucky. Um, Obviously, you know, the last couple of years for a lot of businesses has been very tough. Um, And we both probably, if we weren't doing this, would have been in a tough position because I was like in business development, traveling to retail, social, business to business. Um, So I wouldn't have been doing that because you wouldn't have been, you know, most shops were closed. And my partner was surveying, so, I, you know, that had a whole new way of setting out for, you know, homes to be set out and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, our lives would have been a lot more different. And, of course, now with the rise and fall of COVID and low-carbon people in isolation and food shortages and all those sort of things, you know, we went through our quiet period, and we also went, okay, well, we've got to be quiet because people have lost their jobs. You know, there's people with you know, in really bad situations. From you know, I don't even know if it was 2018 or 2019 onwards. Um, but then we were like, oh well, if we don't actually ramp ourselves back up as a business, we'll be one of those numbers two of those businesses that have gone bankrupt. Yeah,
0: you're not helping anyone people like don't that.
2: Costs a lot of
1: you money know, to run
2: every day as well. So yeah.
1: But I think yeah, there's two two parts to the story because I think you you've used the word authentic a couple of times. And I think for mm-hmm. for what we see at home. So as the you know, I'm just the Joe person, you know, on Facebook and I see the lives and you're you were talking so excitedly about your cookbook and you know you were going through the the table of contents and you're going through the recipes and you can see the production values in the printing. Um, you know in the index and here's all the the front end matter and stuff so and i think you know maybe dave made a sort of a, a pass through the the back end you had all the piles there for the shipping so you know that you're so authentic because you had all the the piles ready to be shipped so there's there's a new thing now as you said you know Post in this post-COVID world, you know, these cottage bespoke industries, that you're also speaking to people know the importance of health, you know, that this is Mm. almost like a mad version 2.0 where you can then leverage on this post-COVID world that we know the value of health, we know these first principles are important because we know the impacts of um, being unwell you know, and, and for some folks that have diabetes, metabolic syndromes, how bad COVID was for for those that that were at risk. So, do you see what's well, what's what's Mad Version two point zero post COVID looking like now?
2: Well, for me, I think it is more. About, it's not about being skinny or even you know body positive. It's more about looking after yourself. For a lot of people, okay, so I'm not a mother, but mothers tend to put everybody else first before themselves. Well, everyone else is not going to be okay if you're not okay. So I think now it's more about people looking after themselves for themselves and for their family and for their loved ones and that is what we've had some uh, young celebrities die recently. You know, they're 50-odd. Um, you know, in that bracket that is far too young to be lost, regardless of their way of life. And that's still too, but it's where, you know, you can look at it and go, well, we're not all invincible and we need to look after ourselves. And I think it's just, yeah, focusing more on keeping it low carb, not keeping it into any niche kind of headset. It's just looking after you. Uh, and like I said, just trying to pare it down a little bit for, where we can budget conscious. I don't know what's cheap these days because nothing is. <laughs> but you know, yeah, just more focusing on you and um, looking after yourself. And I think that that's a you know a big message to a lot of people that you know you need to. And if you work it you know, or low carb and you've lost your way, why did you do it in the first place? Was it because you had health issues? What made those? When you changed, what changed in you? And then trying to refocus back on what those things were to remember that you know, yes, I felt better. You know, no low no calorie doesn't work for me, or whatever it is, um, so that you you maintain that focus and just look after yourself.
1: So Megan, you mentioned about your um, your program. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Okay, so we have um, what's called the Three Sixty Five program. So you can join that through our website, Mood Creations Hub. And it is essentially just more exclusive recipes. We have a lot of meal plans in there for those of you who don't know or not don't know, but need a plan to follow. I know that at different times in my life, like I found some plans worked better where it just takes the guesswork out of it for you. So it actually shows you the net carbs. It has all the nutritional there. You still get linked to all of the notes in the recipes and stuff like that. Um, and it does have like 21 ebooks that you can download as well. So you can download those, print them off, use those, and then there's bonus ones on the website. When you're in the 3652, it also takes away all those ads. (laughs) So basically, you know, it is giving you, it's like $127 AUD. So, you know, less than a couple of dollars a week, um, for you to have no ads on the website. So you can look through every recipe at your leisure without anything buzzing off in the corner or, you know, telling you to buy your, I don't know, electrolytes or something like that in the background. Um, and give you exclusive access to, you know, a couple of hundred more recipes on the side and that as well. Plus it gives you discounts off our products and we have lucky drawers and all those sort of things. So it's just kind of like a VIP mad creations club where you just get that little bit extra and um, no ads and, and plus access to all of those meal
1: plans so the meal so plans are both um thermomix and conventional
2: there there is some both for are just conventional and that as well too because obviously as i say, the first thing i write is for flavor and and meals so you know if you're going to have steak and eggs I'm not going to tell you to cook steak in a thermal (laughs) cooker. You could cook your eggs in there, but if you just want to have a fried egg on a steak, you're going to cook it in a pan, right? So, you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel again, make anything taste bad. It's like, even if I make something and I put a thermal method in there, you can read in notes. It's like I might say, look, I put this in there for the people who, because some people don't have, some people don't have cooktops or ovens and that they might live in small premises and they only have a thermal cooker. So that's where I actually changed a lot of recipes because I sometimes just just exclude them, and I'm like, oh, you know what? There's actually people who still even now get kitchens built without a cooktop. I'm like, still can't believe that. <laughs> that's crazy because I right. know house like, without mine one day. Um, But yeah, so not all, but most would still have it. and our new recipes that go onto the website or into meal plans, we'll have both. Yeah. So yes.
1: just, just, again, for the listeners, um, Thermomix is one brand, but there are other brands that um, of other thermal yeah. cookers. that yeah, there are. So. We
2: even test with different brands. So I actually have the Magimix as well, um, which is an amazing machine. And I've even got a uh, blog post on the website that will actually tell you the two variances between the new TM6 of... Thermex versus the Magimix, um, so it's a great machine that has you know twenty year warranty and stuff like that on it too or something crazy like that. It's like really good machine, uh, but we also test with you know Aldi's brands and you know the Smith and Noble brands and you know we do the TM31, TM5, TM6. I even got a TM21 downstairs, <laughs> so, uh which are all Thermix brands. So yeah, if we're not. um Tied into any one brand or brand specific. I even write the instructions now as thermal instructions, um, where some manufacturers, people who know that if we're mainly cooking or testing a thermomix will know that there's that little changes in their specific brand because, of course, we can't write one lot of instructions for every different model of thermal cooker, but you know, you pretty much nut your way around to so work out how they're done. Yeah.
1: So in, in your community, you've got all your testers. And I think I want to just give a shout out to Mia, who absolutely posts the most delicious you know recipes. <laughs> um, she's done that. And I know that you sort of said about the the front sort of story to the, I mean, even though there is jump to the recipe, that those notes are very important, listener. Because when you assume and you think that you know what you're doing and you don't. And this was about your lemon, your lemon curd cake, and um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, for whatever reason, I I skipped through something or other, and I I ended up with a nice cake, but it wasn't wasn't that way. So um, so I got to say that that sort of back end stuff and the notes are very important, even for more skilled home cooks like like me. But um, yeah, so yeah, thank you for all right. that that's time.
2: That I, I listen to those that feedback, and it's like where I get comments because if you've got a question, it's best to put a comment on a recipe for any blogger because they will not only answer your questions, well, most of them should, but I do. Um, they can also add that information to the recipe card or to that blog post so that other people who are reading it might notice something or, like you say, a lemon curd cake, people are like, oh, you know, mine was really chunky and thick or do I have to add water to the gelatin? Well, no, you don't if you read the nose it says Just as is. But, you know, it's more where I will listen to that and go, okay, I want to make this really clear because I don't write a recipe like people used to write recipes, you know, like add one scant teaspoon to this and stir. You know, I might write and stir and, yes, this is a thick paste, you know, so that people were like, oh, my goodness, this is really runny or this is really thick. You know, so I like to be with you in the kitchen and actually try and help you know exactly how it's going to be in every recipe. So yeah, those those questions and that can actually help me to write and other bloggers to write better recipes for you.
1: Mm. So how do you go when they say, Can I substitute this for this? And it's just like, What part of this? I, I did this recipe with this in mind and now you're wanting to swap this for this? What are you thinking? Do you ever read those sorts of comments and go, "Are you for real?"
2: <laughs> and I make the low carb gluten bread without gluten. Well, gluten is what makes bread rise, and <laughs> so no, without the gluten flour, it won't turn out the same. And that's why there's no other breads that are, you know, keto or low carb that are quite like those ones that are, yeah, you know, made with um, gluten flour. But, yes, you do get some. I try and write in as many substitutes as I can. Like, even today, actually, funnily enough, I've been in on the bread recipe on the recipe card and I've written things like I haven't tested with coconut flour because people will ask, can I substitute the oat fiber with anything? And it's like, well, yes, you can use saline husks, but, you know, I haven't tested with a saline husk powder. No, I haven't tested it with coconut flour. You can try it, but if it fails, it's not my recipe. You made it into your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what's always funny is I'm like, it didn't work. And it's like, well, what ingredients is I substitute this, this, and this. Oh, and like, oh there you go. You know, so, <laughs> you know, you get used to it over time. I see, you know, some other bloggers and that talk about sort of stuff, and I just laugh. It's like, oh, well, you know, it just, I think we all can be a bit the same sometimes, but. Like I said, the more people ask or comment on things like if I like with our testers, that's what's so great about having a big test team. We have 30 testers. Um, that I can I put out the instructions, they don't even get a picture of what it looks like. So they have to read the instructions and create the recipe without an image and get it right. So if there is anything that's a little bit grey or you know, hard to understand they let me know and then I'm like, right, that's why I say like the recipes are not like recipes. I, I know, I never used to follow a recipe but I used to read them and you'd be like, I'm not sure what that means, you know, especially like something that's got to be rolled or, you know, trust or something like that. It's like, you know, move this to there and 10 centimetres from there and it's like, what? <laughs> you know, so you, you're trying to create recipes that uh, are easier for everyone to understand in simple point forms. So, yeah, definitely put those questions there, but maybe look through the FAQs because they're usually just above that recipe card that actually has frequently asked questions and they might be substitute. no, that does not work.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. Um, So, Megan, how can people get in touch with you or connect with you or find you, anything like that?
2: Okay, so our website is madcreationshub.com uh, and on there you will find all our social channels but you will also find me on Facebook at you know Keto Megan, it's my Facebook page, or our group is uh, Mad Creations Low Carb Recipes by Megan Ellum. So if you just look up my name, you'll probably find me easily enough with Ellum with an E-double-L-A-M um, because there's not a lot of me globally there's only a couple of us with the same spelling um, so i think all the groups will come up there but yeah if you look up low carb thermomix or something like that you'll probably find me as well there is a couple of recipes on the thermomix too that are written by me <laughs> They're actually in guided cooking for you um and then of course where i'm on instagram underneath my name just megan ellum and um yeah i think that's pretty much it so we've got yeah we've got groups for uh, Mad Creations, as well as you know, keto beginners and thermomix and stuff like that. So different groups for you know, different folks, kind of thing. But the main ones, yeah, you will find us through the website and you connect with us from there.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, and and the Mad Creations is a is a very active 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 group. It's quite a large group. So um, yeah. yeah, and I've got a lot of I've had a lot of pleasure, um, obviously, in that group. Just sort of you know as I was living vicariously through the posts and, you know, particularly when you were doing the launch with Kido Eats, and it's just like, oh, I wish they shipped a Thailand." but but that's all good now. So, um, yeah. So lots of, oh. lots of food pictures there and posts. And I know that yourself and Dave are very, very active in the group. So thank you for that. Mm. So we like to leave the listeners with your three top tips, please.
2: Oh, three top tips. I wasn't ready for this. So, um, okay, so my first tip is always just to keep everything simple, you know. Um, even foods that you love or meals that you loved back in the day, just think of simple ways to change those um, to a lower-carb style. You know, if you had sandwiches and stuff like that, me, when I first started, mine was just changing the bread to a slice of ham, <laughs> so, um, just keeping things as simple as you can. Uh two for me it's always listen to your body, not your brain. Um, and only eat when you're hungry. <laughs> so for me it's like if you because in your brain you might be thinking, Oh, what can I eat today? And then you get hungry because you're thinking about different foods. But if you learn to listen to your body and only eat when you need fuel, then the low carb diet will definitely work for you. Um Number three for me uh, would be, yeah, definitely learn to look at labels when you're out shopping in city markets and stuff yeah. like that too. Um, there is, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me a lot about sweeteners and stuff like that. Um, learn what sweeteners are good and not good for you because there's ones that are claimed low carb but they don't count the carbs because they're a sugar alcohol, um, like maltitol. Uh, which is found in a lot of the lower carb uh, bars and things like that. So, yeah, it's just more about looking at what's on the label. And, you know, even one that surprised me recently is where the same brand might bring out a new product. Don't always expect the same ingredients in those products because we found one product that had one sweetener came out with a new product that actually had maltitol in it and nobody knew, and that just... Went like wildfire on my group when I went, Oh, did anybody realize this? Because I tasted it. I expected it to be the same as their other product. And when I tasted it, I'm like, this tastes really different. And I looked around the back and it was hidden behind a 965 and it contained maltitol. And it's like, Oh my God, I did not know this. <laughs> so even Dave was straight away, don't buy any more of those. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, yeah, definitely look at labels. Even if it's, like, just a new product by one of the brands you love or, you know, a variation of it, just in case they're testing another ingredient because that's what apparently the case was in this one um, because it might be something that might go well with you and cause stomach upsets, etc. Yeah,
1: Very sound advice. Certainly, <laughs> I yeah, being the label detective and keeping things okay. simple and obviously listening to your body, it's a bit hard to, um, you know, Eat when you're hungry. When I'm fasting today, so thank you for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's so funny. When fasting. You're the, fasting is good. I'm giving my body a break, so I am trying to listen to my body that I need a break after having a very, um, a very busy weekend um, visiting family in Adelaide, and all I did was eat. So, um, yeah, now I'm giving my body a rest. But Megan, it's been absolutely, you know, sorry for the fangirling. Um. <laughs> one of my my food my food heroes and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today and thank you very much for your time. We look forward to well I look forward to cooking. I don't know about Jackie, Julian, Julian will look forward to cooking some of your recipes, but um
0: <laughs> Julian won't uh, follow um, a recipe. Um,
1: <laughs> he's a rebel. So um, yeah. But I'm yeah, um, yeah, I'm almost to
0: tempted that. to look look at a recipe and try one.
1: <laughs> one one day. One yeah. Day. Don't stifle your creativity, Jackie. (laughs) Keep it it real and authentic. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. 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 Megan is English.
0: Megan is Australian. Yes.
2: (laughs) Thanks for having me so much. It
1: was lovely. (laughs) Great. Chat with you both. Thanks. Well, Jackie, it's really lovely to sort of really hear the passion when someone who has had obviously a health journey and they are paying it forward in their professional life. I think we've had so many guests where through their own health journey, you can hear obviously that motivation and and they've moved it into their exercise, you know, roles or their medical or health, um, you know. But here we have someone who is really, creating the recipes as she does um to to really help support and educate the community yeah and
0: that and they're really good at recipes i've tried a few and actually since since we recorded i did the bread even though you'd given me the bread recipe a year ago i'd never tried it because i oh, i've got to buy some more ingredients and i haven't got this and what are they and i don't know and i'd never never got the rest not the ah, and I've never got the ingredients, but since we recorded with Megan, I've now got them and I made the
1: bread. Well done for you. Very nice. And it's funny because um, just before we started recording, uh, Andrew, who's obviously still still in Bangkok, was making another loaf of bread <laughs> as he does um, every week. So I sort of mentioned, you know, he makes one and a half. Um, and then so he has a slightly smaller loaf and then he has at least <laughs> Four bigger bigger roles or six smaller sort of dinner size roles, so um for his uh, for his lunches. so you know that's the legacy really of someone who is a recipe like a food you know developer that we live obviously through through that content and we certainly are appreciative of um, megan's Megan's contribution to supporting you know people's journeys yeah. And I think it was interesting because when,
0: because as you know, I don't cook very much. And when I work with clients, what I do is I give them a list of my go-to recipes and they're all the links to the, to the website. So I'm glad I do that because now I've learned that it's by sharing the links that these people make money. So, Mm. um, Mm. I was pleased to hear that I was, I was helping them along all the different recipes that I use.
1: So, and as you're obviously in the UK and you're coming into your spring and summer, and I'm coming into winter, and I've got a number of Megan's ebooks. So I've been searching for soup. So what sort of soup recipes I can have? So winter warmer soups. Um, and the fact is, as you as you mentioned also, that you know they're super tasty, and um, I'm looking for something. To warm me up because now it's I'm feeling cold, which I wanted to do. You know, cold was a novelty for the last two years. But um, yeah, certainly I'm cold now. <laughs> I've had enough of this cold. <laughs> so <Sorry. laughs>
0: yeah, you messaged me the other day, why did I want to come? Why did I want cold? But there mm. you go.
1: Oh, to have some of Megan's soups.
0: There you
1: go. Now <laughs> you gotta get in the kitchen. I do, and that's that's obviously the the next challenge. but there's a good thing about meal planning, and you know I have loads of recipes, um, and obviously with with Megan's repositories, there's lots there to to help me with the with the meal planning. Um, and we also have to mention that Megan is part of the Mad Creations, and we said we'd come back to what the D was, but we actually forgot to give a big shout out to Dave. I'm so sorry. So he's relentlessly, tirelessly working in the background, certainly in the in the communities, in the first Facebook communities on there. So he's, um, you know, behind every good woman is a is a man. So that's where he should be <laughs> in the background. <laughs> So um, Megan
0: and Dave. I, I did yes. wonder how they Megan got to mad Dave.
1: Hmm. Megan and
0: Dave. Seemed just funny. Creations. Hmm.
1: So that's that's really good. So where can we get the show notes for this episode, Jackie? So the show notes what
0: um has all will have all the uh, well a list of a long list of books, but it's also got the link to the bread recipe. And there was quite a few other things that in the show notes. So do go and have a look there at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero nine one
1: that's great so on that note listeners um jackie has sent me back to the kitchen so i better get cracking thanks jackie (laughs) see you next time
0: it would be great if you could support us through patreon go to patreon.com forward slash fabulouslyketo and you can choose the monthly amount you wish.
1: Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation.
0: Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto, and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter our handle is fabulously keto or follow us on instagram fabulously keto one did you enjoy the show let us know you listened by tagging us in your insta story or instagram post using the handle fabulously keto one and the hashtag tfkp all the links are on the website and in the show notes
1: If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information
0: in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice, whether our guests are doctors or healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.